1: Hi, right, everybody. Welcome in. Final hour as we uh, say hello to you at the uh, 2 o'clock hour and roll all the way until 3. Uh Mitch Sherman. You've heard him on our program many times. It's fun when we get a chance to chat with Mitch ESPN. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Mitch, good afternoon, pal. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you are based in Omaha. You have been covering the College Baseball World Series. And i watched some of your tweets uh, all the time from there. Uh, and I think that you were uh, at the Oregon State. Were you at Oregon State LSU? Were you at that game as well?
2: I was on Monday night. I've been at every game and will continue to be. So if uh, I don't know what day it is, then excuse
1: <laughs> me for that. Okay, fair enough. How impressed, because I thought that with what I was reading on some of your tweets, that the Oregon State Beavers were far and away the real deal.
2: Yeah, uh, that was the game that was supposed to be, I think, the precursor to to the championship. I mean, LSU and Oregon State can't get together in the championship series next week because they're on the same side of the bracket, mm-hmm. but um, it was, I think, viewed a little bit as the de facto championship. A lot of people felt, and I felt going into the tournament, that that might have been the two best teams, certainly the two hottest teams, Oregon State. Came into that game. Came to, came into that game on a 22-game winning streak to Omaha on a 21-game winning streak. And LSU was at 17 consecutive wins going into that game Monday night, and it was 13 to one Oregon State. And from the first pitch of the game, it was dominated by the Beavers. They nice little drag bunt to start the game on the first pitch. That guy Steve Stephen Kwan came around and scored two batters later, and they were off and running. And the thing with this Oregon State team that I noticed in their in their first game on Saturday. Against Cal State Fullerton, when with that twenty-one game winning streak, uh, they got down five to one after after uh, I think four innings. It did not play like you would expect a college team to play in that situation. You know, you know, same thing in the in the in the big leagues. Teams get tight when they when they get down three or four runs, and maybe they get impatient, start to swing at pitches outside of the strike zone. Um, the game uh, slows down for the opponent. It was just the opposite with Oregon State, I and mean, you just so rarely see that from a college team, but. Oregon State was still in control of the game, dictating the tempo on the mound and at the plate. And sure enough, they came back and won that game uh, six to uh, six to five, and then won, won uh, over LSU 13 to one, and it was just pure domination. So I don't know how either LSU or Florida State who played tonight for the right to, to get back against the beavers on, on Friday, I don't know how they're going to pull off two consecutive wins on Friday and Saturday to get into the championship series. Oregon State just uh, just looks too good for, for for me at this point, and and, and the Beavers are fifty six and four this year, so um, it's not just an Omaha thing. It's been going on since February.
1: Has there been much talk about the player who apparently the Oregonian newspaper uncovered? He was a Uh, a sex offender has there been much talk of that there since he did not uh, come with the oregon state beaver baseball team
2: you know not a lot since the first day uh last friday when oregon state was out with with every other team beavers were the first team out of practice on on friday morning and yeah there was talk about it then players some of the players were asked about it and and completely steered clear of that issue uh pat casey oregon state's coach has has uh he's I mean, answered the questions, but, uh, you're talking about Luke Heimlich, who, uh, is a pitcher, their, their best pitcher on All American right. with a sub one, sub one ERA. He's been their number one starter all, all year. Um, and, a report came out in the Oregonian a couple of weeks ago before the super regional that in, in 2011, he was charged and convicted with child molestation as a, as a 15 year old kid and, uh served you know he's, he he served probation and and the the uh uh you know the necess- the things that were required of him he did and he and then and then it came out in part this year because he he failed as is required by law to re-register as a sex offender in the state of oregon so yeah it's a, a difficult issue for sure and he took himself out of the super regional took himself out of the college world series if, if he was in Omaha and was playing for Oregon State, clearly it would be a Mm -hmm. much bigger problem, a much bigger issue. And as it stands now, as it is, because he's not with the team, the focus has primarily remained on the guys who are here.
1: Okay.
3: Well, it looks like we're uh, certainly maybe looking at an Oregon State-Florida matchup. You mentioned you really like Oregon State to come out of that top part, uh, bracket number one. Out of TCU and Louisville, who will see play against each other in an elimination game, who do you think would have the best shot of upending, coming back in, and double dipping the Gators?
2: You know, I'd probably go with TCU, and I mean it's a coin toss. Those two teams are both national seeds. I think a lot of people felt like Louisville coming into this tournament was was maybe the second best team in the field, despite being seeded seventh overall nationally. The, the Cardinals got uh, knocked a little by the the selection committee for having a, a substandard. Non-conference schedule in comparison to, to, say, Oregon State or LSU or, or North Carolina, which was from the same league as Louisville and, and was the two seed overall, didn't make it to Omaha. Um, Louisville won the ACC regular season, has the best player in the country, and and in, in Brendan McKay. So um, I could see it definitely going that way. TCU to me is, although it is the is the seasoned more seasoned of these two teams. This is the the Horn Frogs' fourth consecutive trip to the college world series and, um, have, they, they have the pitching depth and just the veteran leadership that I think would give, uh, would give them a shot uh, against, against the Gators. But I feel much the same way or almost as strongly about Florida on that side as I do about, about, uh, Oregon state in bracket one, uh, Florida's allowed two runs in, in, in one game, or I'm sorry, one, one run in two games in 18 innings of baseball at the college world series. And that would be, uh, the fourth time in the history of the metal bat era, which goes back to 1974 that a team's opened this tournament by giving up just one run in the first two games. So pretty dominant, um, in, in, uh, uh, the, the Gators are not, not getting the same kind of attention as Oregon state because of that crazy record for, for Oregon state. But Florida has been very good too.
1: You know, this is, uh, some pretty high quality baseball, uh, it generally is when they show up in Omaha. Have the crowds reference the type of caliber of baseball that is being played? In other words, has this series once again drawn big crowds?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, and the night games in particular have had uh, twenty three, twenty four thousand 24,000 sell out at TD Ameritrade Park. Yeah, the LSU-Oregon uh, State game on, on Monday night was close to 25,000. Tickets available usually in the mornings at the box office. Uh, anywhere from about 500 to 1000 tickets go on sale at, at 10 o'clock in the morning each day. And, and they're, they're gone by, by, uh, by noon. So no difference in the crowds. It's been hot out there too. Right. Uh, about, yeah. About mid nineties today or low nineties right now. And fortunately, there's uh, only an evening game today when the, when the temp should be a little lower. But, those one p.m. games when it's when it's ninety five degrees are rough, and you see some empty patches in the seats of people who have had the, uh, you know, the full book of season t- season college world series tickets and, and don't show up. But you know, it's still eighty ninety percent full, and then the night games have been uh, have been packed at the stadium.
3: Always good to see there. Hey, have you gotten anything? We talked a lot, obviously, about Rick Heller and the run of uh, Iowa again mm-hmm. this year, getting back to the NCAA tournament. Alabama was a job that was open, though that closed quickly as they hired an assistant from Auburn. Imagine that one going down that yeah, route down really. there. But has uh, <laughs> there have you heard anybody talking about Rick Heller? Maybe his name being bandied about with some job openings that are out there. Some of the bigger baseball programs say down south or out west.
2: You know, this is the you know, like football has the crazy season in in December. It's always a back story. At the college world series, the jobs that come open because there's only eight teams left. So if there are changes that are going to be made around the country, this is the time that it happens in, in the regionals and super regionals. And as more teams get eliminated during the college world series, I know Oklahoma just promoted an assistant coach, Skip Johnson, the pitching coach, uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, I know I have no to answer your question, have not heard any, any, uh, any talk about Rick Heller. And that's not to say that it couldn't be out there. Um, I've been focused on the eight teams that are here more so than the teams that aren't here. But um, and, you know, I, I know with Heller, he's an, he's an Iowa guy through and through, and coached at Northern Iowa when, when it had a program before uh, coming to the Hawkeyes. So you wouldn't think that he's a guy who's going to jump unless it's an absolutely you know it, it can't miss type of situation. I don't I believe South I believe South Carolina has an opening or had an opening, which is a, a, an elite program. It um, certainly had not heard him him connected with that. I, I would I would think that that Iowa is 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 safe in that regard. But mm-hmm. um, you never know, and and uh, I certainly don't have my my ear to the to the concrete like uh, like some others do who cover college baseball year round.
1: Mitch Sherman is our guest. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway West, Des Moines. Mitch, changing sports uh, since you're right there in Nebraska. Keyshawn Johnson's kid. Uh, says he's not going to be on the football team. He's going to leave school. Uh, what's been the response uh, around uh, Cornhusker Country with him not not playing?
2: Um, it's just kind of stunning news, to be honest. And I mean, this is uh, another case in point of why you should maybe temper your excitement about recruits. Keyshawn Johnson Jr. has been on the radar of Nebraska since Mike Riley took over in Lincoln in that off-season before he coached the 2015 season. Uh, Keyshawn Sr. brought some of the kids from Calabasas, California, out to Lincoln for the spring game that year in in 2015, including Keyshawn Jr. and and Tristan Jebbia, the quarterback there at Calabasas. They both ended up committing to Nebraska, signing with Nebraska, coming to Lincoln early uh, as early enrollees this, this last winter. And uh, so, so despite the fact that Keyshawn Johnson Jr. has never played it down for Nebraska, never been eligible to play it down for Nebraska, and wouldn't have been until this September, he's very well known uh, by by fans of this program. And you know, he he uh, had an incident a couple of weeks ago where he was caught with marijuana in his dorm room. So clearly, that played a role in this. I don't imagine it's the entire reason. Um, sounds more like. Keyshawn Johnson Senior uh, was loomed large in this decision. You said, you know, Keyshawn Junior has decided to to leave. I don't know that it was entirely his decision. I think Mike Riley had some say in it. I think Keyshawn Senior had some say in it. And those two were very close, going back to Riley's time around the USC program and around the, the and, and just being in Southern California. Was he was of course the San Diego Chargers head coach? So they go uh, they go way back. And uh, you know, I think they got got their heads together and decided um for whatever reason, a variety of reasons, probably including this this recent citation, that um it's best that Keyshawn Junior uh get away, back away from here and uh get his head straight. And uh it sounds like the intention is to bring him back to California, be with his family, um, mature and then come back to Lincoln in January. Now I I, I say that and, and fu- fully knowing that usually when a player leaves a program, he doesn't come back. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. This this may be a unique case because of that relationship between the family and the coaching staff. But I would have to say at this point, I'll be surprised if we ever see um, Keyshawn Jr. in a Nebraska uniform. He may well prove me wrong, but uh, you know it's uh, it's something we won't find out until uh, you know six seven months down the road.
3: Another news over at Nebraska, Bob Elliott. Of course, people here in this state know. Uh, him very well from his days in both Ames and Iowa City, but uh, sounds mm-hmm. like taking a step away. We know there's been some health problems in the past, not a whole lot in the release, but were you able to uh, hear anything more about that, Mitch?
2: I think it's a safe, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's safe to, to generalize and, and assume that there, there is some kind of a health concern, certainly a personal concern with Bob Elliott. He has not been out on the road, Recruiting for Nebraska, um, it was not during this recently ended spring evaluation period. Of course, as a, as a full time assistant coach, he would, he would be in that role if, if he was, was up to it. So the release stated yesterday that he's taking a a step back for personal reasons. Scott Booker, um, who's been with the Nebraska staff in a, in a support role, um, formerly at Notre Dame along with Elliot is going to step in and coach the safeties this year while, while Elliot is is an analyst he won't be won't be again recruiting yeah I, I i think you know the the main concern here is for bob elliott and his health um he is a cancer survivor so the hope is that whatever he's facing um is is uh is treatable and that that he can get back on the sideline sometime sometime soon
1: Having a conversation with Mitch Sherman, ESPN, on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Let's go to the uh, NBA draft, Mitch. There are some <laughs> Big Twelve Conference basketball players uh, who will get their names called. Um, do you have a pick of the litter of who the top players will be? Will it be Jared Allen out of Texas? Could it be the guard from Oklahoma State, Jawan Evans, Monte Joshua Morris Jackson. from Iowa? Huh? Joshua Jackson. Jo- oh, and, jo- and Joshua da- Jackson out of Kansas, yes. Do you, do you have a particular guy that, aside from Jackson, since he's going to go so high, uh, Monte Morris at Iowa State, the rest of the guys, how do you, how do you rate them and, and where do you think that they may end up in the draft?
2: Well, I didn't get my coverage of Big 12 basketball this year was uh, limited to the Big 12 basketball tournament, and I loved what I saw from Monte Morris. Um, I see that Jackson is projected as a top, probably a top three to top five pick. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see him play other than on, on TV um, since he was suspended for the Big 12 tournament. Um, Morris at, at Iowa State, you know, watching him definitely looked like a guy who is going to be equipped to handle the point and play at the NBA level. So, you know, without knowing uh, as much as I, I probably should to answer this question from an educated standpoint, I'll say I'm interested to see where Morris goes and, uh, you know, what kind of a chance he gets at the next level. Obviously, it's a it's a uh, a lot different kind of challenge than than doing what he has done so well at Iowa State over the last few years. But I'll have my eye on him for sure. And, and yeah, I mean, Jackson – as a one and done guy is Mm -hmm. is definitely the one to, uh, you know, I I think who's out of these big 12 players who are going to hear their names called this week, the, the one to, to keep your eye on for the, for, for having the longest career.
3: Good stuff. Hey, Mitch, we're out of time for today. Appreciate it. Uh, and a, an easy day for you, right? No doubleheader of baseball for once.
2: No, it's nice. Four straight doubleheaders and tonight it's just uh one game at the park, LSU and Florida State in an elimination game. So, should be a great crowd out there with those uh with those Tiger fans who are who are crazy for their uh for their <laughs> baseball team. They're they're tail despite the 93 degree temperatures. I'm sure they're tailgating right now around downtown Orlando.
3: <laughs> you can smell the bourbon when the
1: LSU fans are around, you no <laughs> doubt about it. Mitch, enjoy it. We'll talk again soon.
2: All right, sounds good. Thanks, Thanks guys.
1: Thanks, Mitch. See you later. There you go. Mitch Sherman, ESPN. Little little uh, college baseball. I mean, look, it's What are you fun. doing asking a hoops question? I just thought I would because I knew that he went to the tournament. Right, right.
3: But he, I mean, he, doesn't, I, he,
1: he doesn't cover it on a uh, full-time basis. Know, he's a football guy. I know he's a football guy, but still he Anything was there. Anything to talk about your crappy well, NBA. Well, I was just tossing that one out. That's all. <laughs> I just want to see how this all breaks down. That's it. Coming
3: up on the other side, we're going to talk baseball. Chris Cattell is going to join us. Uh, some games in progress currently. The Red Sox and the Royals, they're tied up at two apiece. No score with the Padres and the Cubs as they play in the bottom of the third. And if you're a degenerate like myself and you had the mm-hmm. Nationals today, Max Scherzer rolling along, no hitter into the eighth inning, the Marlins win it 2-1. to one. No! And some people still believe that the win is a good category in determining who's a good starting pitcher. Wow. Max Scherzer takes the loss 2-1 as he falls to the Marlins. We'll come back. Baseball Talk. Chris Cotillo joins us. Jimmy B and TC live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG.
3: wolfconstruction.net Limitations apply.
4: Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't
3: always
0: the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life.
5: Join us every Wednesday from 5.30 to 9.00 p.m. for great live local music, food, brews, and fun. And you can party with the animals. But it's just for the grown-ups, so make sure you're at least 21. Zoo Brew, Wednesday nights at the Blank Park Zoo. Brought to you by High V and 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House
3: Fifty
1: on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House Fifty has forty-seven big-screen TVs for great viewing of any game—football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis—you name it. Hey, the Draft House Fifty can get it even cricket. Draft House Fifty has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steaks, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at ten a.m., it's brunch, which includes a
3: terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House Fifty. A place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House Fifty, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
0: Jim Brenson, Trent Condon. It's Jimmy B and TC on seventeen hundred K B G G. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. Two six four seventeen hundred. That's two six four seventeen hundred. If you would like to get in on the show, by the way, tomorrow with the NBA draft going on uh, that for tomorrow night, uh, all kinds of things we have booked. Tiki Barber from CBS. What time is Tiki going to make his appearance here? He'll be with us tomorrow at twelve forty-five. Okay, so you want to talk well, NBA I, draft? No. With Tiki Barber? No, I'm, I'll ask him. Okay, but I'm, we're going to do NFL with Tiki. Yeah, yeah. But I'll—he's a well-rounded sports guy. Okay, okay. He's just not, I mean, we, he's we just not dialed into. I mean, he's dialed into the NFL. That's his strong suit. But he right. does
3: everything. We get fifteen minutes with Tiki Barber with yeah. our relationship with CBS Sports. I'm
1: going to talk NFL with him.
3: And you want to talk NBA draft? I with might him. ask him about soccer. Why? <laughs> I mean, I understand. Yeah, if we were doing, if he was with us for the full three hours, sure. Yeah, but you want to talk
1: NBA draft? With I might have a question, Adam. Goodness gracious! Yeah, Jim. I I know you like the he's NBA. Got, he's got opinions, right? Yeah,
3: but in the limited time we have, I, wouldn't I we I be better served for our we'll audience? We'll do NFL to talk about his expertise. Yes, we will. Much like we had Mitch Sherman.
1: Yes. Wouldn't we be better served to ask we him, we did I don't know asked, Big
3: twelve football, we, which he covers we, on we, a day to day basis? We, we
1: asked him we asked him about football. We asked him about the Keyshawn Johnson Jr. thing. Right. So we look at you can't just pigeonhole a guy. Just because he's a former player, his expertise would be the NFL. Yeah. But he has broadened his horizons since working in sports talk radio and on television. So we you just think can't. he's gonna give us something good? Yeah, I think so. I'd rather talk to television. He works in New York. Uh-huh. Okay. I want to think I want to hear what he has to say about the Knicks and Prazingus as he if he's really up for trade.
5: Phil I'll
1: Jackson's ask him that question. Stop, right? I'll ask him that question. Phil Jackson has to stop. He's gotta
3: go. Uh, he's like an inside mole or something. I, <laughs> what is he doing? I don't
1: know. What's the end game? I don't know what the... There, just to be crappy. Well... Just to be... And he's... Mission uh, accomplished. Yeah, he's accomplished it. There's the end game. Okay, he's done that. All right, so here's... So now he can leave? Here's what gets me. Oh, Jordan never, uh, never tarnished uh, his basketball ability when he went and played for the Washington Wizards. We don't even count that. Okay. So, Phil Jackson... Wins championships in in Chicago as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Wins championships with the Lakers as the head coach. Right. Takes over as the president GM of the New York Knicks and has sucked. Yeah, he hasn't been good. There's no way to spin so this. So, wouldn't his image be tarnished? Uh, the, the
3: whole tarnished
1: image. Or thing. do you just say, well, as a coach, he did this and this and this? Yeah. Okay. Now, as a to, GM, he was
3: deplorable. To be frank, yeah, I think Phil Jackson's incredibly overrated as a coach. Well, he had some of the greatest talent exactly. ever to play the game. Exactly. Yeah, that's not to say that he's not a good coach, but I think you give a lot of coaches the teams that he had, and they would have had similar successes that Phil Jackson had. Prob- so, probably overrated. I think would be something that I'd use as Phil Jackson again. Not to diminish what he accomplished, okay. but okay, I think there are a lot of coaches that could have done. Exactly what he did. Won titles. What was, you know, what was revolutionary about Phil Jackson? He ran the triangle. Well, he brought in
1: Tex Winter. Yeah, Tex Winter. That was his offense. To
3: run the triangle. That's correct. He gave Michael Jordan some books to read.
1: (laughs) Okay. He talked to him about Zen. Yes, Zen. (laughs) He puffed a little Gebel. I mean, (laughs) really. Yeah, I know I'm. I know where you're coming from here. He had he had great teams every place where he coached. Right. Chicago and Los Angeles.
3: If he would have taken over, I don't know, the Nuggets when they had Carmelo. Okay. And taken them to a championship, that okay. Be now, something. now you got something. You know, a team that was close, but that to me is the mark of a great coach. Taking a team that is the best team and winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. Is Steve Kerr a great coach? We
1: don't know that. He's got a great team. He does. And unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever know that. See, here's the thing, and people will say, well, you can't put Steve Kerr in as a great coach. Look while he was gone. Look what Luke Walton did with that team. Yeah. You know? And it's the truth. It, it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> how many games they lose they under a, Walton. Yeah, they had a huge Just winning like, streak like in there. Like that's yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Look, it's we all NBA coaching in general is
3: is different than co- it's way different than college. Well, and college has has made themselves college basketball mm-hmm. where the coaches are the stars, even more than college football. You, you're right about that. It, it yes. is marketed. It is yes. a coach's game. Yes. It is about Kay. It's about Calipari. It's that about Izzo. Bayheim. Yeah, it's you got it. Self. Yep. You know, those yep. are they're the characters that drive yes. the sport. Yeah, you got that with Saban at Alabama. But that's really about it. You know, Davo Sweeney,
1: do you think of him as some kind of great no, technician? No. Right? I mean, that doesn't. No. If you're going to say. He's name a good me rah-rah a, rah name, guy. Yeah. Name me a great coach. Well, Alabama. <laughs> it's Sabin. It's Nick Saban. Yeah. Well, Nick Saban sucked as an NFL coach with the Dolphins. Mm. I think his tenure.
3: Well, incomplete would be more what I would put it. Okay. The Alabama job wasn't open.
1: I'll say it sucked. You think so, huh? Yeah. I thought he was horrible there and he wasn't a guy that was ready for the NFL. And well, he look and, and he's he fifty some years old. Know, how how much more ready matter. should he be? Well no no no. He couldn't no, he couldn't deal with the NFL. I that's so that's that's, that's my position. Bill Belichick couldn't it. deal with the NFL either when he was say, at the with no, the Cleveland no, no, Browns. No, 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 because no, Belichick stayed. In the NFL, he then became an assistant in New York, mm-hmm. and then got the. When he got a second opportunity, he made the best of it in New England. You don't think Saban could have done that? Maybe, but he decided to go back to college.
3: See, the revisionist history of Saban he, cracks me up because he wasn't that far off. That, that's the other
1: thing. I, I they did not make, make the playoffs under him. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they weren't three and thirteen. Well, year I either. didn't say that. Well, you but said he was I, but, awful. Well, if you don't make the playoffs, you're awful. Mm. Is there two years? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the other part. The and, pretty, he, and he bagged on it in two years. He went
3: 9-7 and seven the first year. Yep. 6-10 and 10 the second There year. you go. So he got worse. That's what I said. Oh, he come sucked. Come on, Jim.
1: He sucked. Come on, Jim. He sucked.
3: <laughs> that is so
1: short-sighted. It's not. It really Wait is. Wait a minute. 9-7, and seven, and then he went 6-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. He sucked. Okay, then Bill Belichick's a sucky coach, too. He was in Cleveland. Absolutely. He'll be the first to tell you that. Right. But, but they, guys can't they, evolve. They, they can't it. get better. I, I'm not saying that Saban didn't evolve. He went back to college and became a god mm-hmm. of college football. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's different. Just like what we talk about. The NBA, different coaching aspect than what it is in college. It's the same in the NFL and college football. It's different. I just find it
3: laughable that people think that Saban
1: could not succeed in the NFL. You just saw his record in two years. If he might have stayed longer, Trent, and then started to have success then I would agree with you. And I think he would have. That's what I'm getting you at. You think the Alabama thing came up and he couldn't? <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's where he wanted to be. Yes. Well, his wife wanted to be the queen of the campus again. Absolutely. And she was a nobody in Miami, so yeah. that's why he bolted. It worked yeah. out pretty well, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it worked out great. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. Well, and that's that's what I'm, I'm getting not at. saying Everybody that.
3: Everybody always goes, well, he was a terrible NFL coach. Record, he was about 500 coach. He wasn't very good. That's all well and yeah. good. I just find the people that take it a step further and say think that he could never succeed, that he's only a coward. No, I didn't say that. Those kind of things, because we've seen this happen plenty of times. Yes, where your first stop it doesn't work out. Yeah, but stop number two that it does. And that Saban would not have been able to adapt and become an NFL coach. The
1: difference, I find that part the laughable. difference is you cannot compare him to Bill Belichick because Belichick stayed in the NFL. Right, he did right. not go back and he learned well, obviously. he learned again, and then when he got a second opportunity, he capitalized. Right. So if Saban were to get a, another opportunity in the NFL, Do you think he I, could think succeed? I think he'd probably have better success since he already has an understanding of what the difference is. Yes.
3: And he wasn't as bad, I think, as people Think that he was. That's the other part there. Okay, nine and seven, six and ten, two pretty ho hum seasons. You're right, didn't make the playoffs. Right, but it also wasn't. We're not talking about but, but one in fifteen running through here. No, I'm no, I'm not saying that. But he, he was. I think people misremember, thinking it was worse than it
1: actually was. Well, I didn't. I I just said that he he stunk when he was there. Nine and seven's not stinky. No, your was, first year as a head no, coach but, of the NFL, but, nine he, s- but he regressed. Is, he, he is what happened. Wait, he didn't regress. He Wait a minute. If nine and seven. Jim. And then 6-10, that's regression in the NFL.
3: Jim, he didn't regress. So he forgot things that following year? I have no
1: idea why his team took a dump like that. He had a, had a concussion like in 2006. Don't ask, don't ask me. His team had a worse record his second season. So Bill Belichick wasn't as good. Bill Belichick was terrible in Cleveland. Not in Cleveland.
3: But the uh, the year they went 11-5 and and missed the playoffs, see, he wasn't as good. <laughs> I mean, that, Eleven that's, and 5 That's just what you're saying, though. His I, record wasn't no, as good, though. He I, also lost Tom Brady. I'm t- I'm all Th- I've, yes, there are circumstances I that. that happen here. There are here. circumstances in every situation. He didn't regress. That's what I'm getting okay. at. Okay. The team. All right. He did get if, a quarterback. He, that was the biggest thing. Well, if Drew Brees signs there, yeah, he might still be coach he, of the NFL. He might. He still might be the Dolphins. They might have a he, couple of super he Bowls. Might,
1: But his wife wanted to be the, the the queen of the campus. I don't give two craps
3: about Nick Saban's
1: wife. Though. I don't either. We're but talking
3: that's the football story. here. Yes, right. But we're not talking about that right now. Okay. We're talking football. I'll tell you another thing. If they would have got Drew Brees and they were 12 and four and she doesn't like it in Miami, you know what? They're still in Miami and he's still coaching the Dolphins. So give me that crap about his
1: wife wanting to leave. That's, That's all well and do. good. But if they're winning football games, they weren't leaving Miami. Well documented on the woman. But at oh, any You disagree. It, no, no. I'm not okay, disagreeing okay. with that. No, no, right. no, no. That's a profound statement which rarely happens on this show. You agree then? I agree on that statement. They're winning football games. He stayed. His
3: wife's oh, not happy about not being a big fish in a little pond. That doesn't matter one iota because they're winning football. That's right. It's an easy excuse. Yeah, an easy out. And you're uh, the easiest, take of the easy way yeah, out not there. Either. It the well, wife on well documented. it. Blaming the wife. Take a break. It was well documented. We'll come back out of the other side. We'll get you updated on the baseball here this afternoon. A look at what's happening tonight in the world of sports to come up as we put a cap on things. Jimmy B and TC live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. We're back here in a moment.
0: News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com.
6: See you soon.
3: Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant. Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users
4: recommend it. Here's what they
3: said
2: It blocks the, you know, perspiration, I think is the fancy
3: word. It's comfortable. Uh, (laughs) it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. Uh, my
4: underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym it's kind of like the Hoover Dam from armpits I guess Dove
3: Men Plus Care Antiperspirant tough on sweat not on skin
1: at the Home Depot we're pouring more into paint and right now we're giving more to pros as in
0: gold status for the week June 19th through the 25th we're giving pros 20% off all pro grade paints stains and primers from top brands like Bear and Kills savings like that you can take to the bank literally Unbelievable quality, unbeatable prices. And for a limited time, gold status for pros at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Must enter Pro Extra phone number at checkout for discount. AutoZone presents Keeping Cool. When the AC is on the fritz, your commute becomes a hot mess. Luckily, AutoZone carries AC Pro refrigerant that helps restore cold air in only 10 minutes. And right now, you can get 20 ounces of AC Pro refrigerant with hose and gauge for just $39.99. So visit your local AutoZone. With over 5,000 locations, the right supplies and good advice are just around the corner. Let's get you what you need. See store for restrictions and details.
5: Get in the zone. AutoZone. I heard on the news about that 5-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore. So she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you
6: own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
0: 1700 KBGG backs the blue, and we'd like you to back them too. Each week, go to our website at 1700KBGG.com and nominate an officer who does an outstanding job. Tell us why that officer deserves a special salute. We'll select an officer weekly, share their story online and on the air, and present them with a special certificate. And bring their department some Brugger's bagels. Help back the blue at 1700KBGG.com. to four hundred eighty dollars for TV, one hundred eighty dollars for internet equipment, non-return, under conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends one twenty one seventeen. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on seventeen hundred K B G G, live from the Wolf Construction studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: All right, everybody, it's our final segment here on a uh, hot Wednesday, as we say hello to you. We're back again tomorrow, bright and early at noon. I kind of like that.
3: Perfect time
1: for Jimmy B. It is for me. Perfect
3: time (laughs) for Jimmy B. You know, uh, in the summer, I uh, I like to say this is... This is when you really have to work at this job. You know, football season's easy.
1: Yes, it
0: is.
3: You talk football, basketball season yep. around here is easy with Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, Drake, all the varying degrees. Mm-hmm. There's always plenty to talk about through March Madness, but this is the month—June and into July—till we get to Big Ten, Big Twelve media day. You got to work for content, especially in a market that derives with college sports, right? And with college baseball, not really mattering here. It's we're searching, and that's why we talk Primetime League, Capital City League. Sure. We'll talk about those things because I think they're interesting. People want to hear the local content. We understand that. But our buddy over in Cedar Rapids, Mike Coloss. Have you ever met Mike before? I have not met Mike. Not in person. Talk to him. Fun character. Haven't met him. Fun character. Yep. He is uh he looks at things certainly with a different angle. And I think that's what makes a good columnist. And that's why he has done such a good job of being a columnist over with the Gazette. I, I think he does a really good job of I'm thinking outside of the beaten path. To me, that makes sports columnists uh, at their best, and I'd put Halas in that one. You agree? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Come with me now. Okay. All right. I'm with you. So did you see his article today? I did not. Okay. He wrote an article 20 years ago today. Oh, is this uh, where the comedian? Yes. Okay. Norm Macdonald. No, yes. And uh, of Saturday Night Live fame at the time. That's right. Made his way to Iowa City for an event. They had a uh, a golf event before that. He did a little uh, stand-up gig out at Hancher Auditorium, 2,000-seat venue where all kinds of things happened right on campus there at Iowa. Okay. And uh, saw many plays and different things there in my days in Iowa City. And it just kind of gave me this, this shocking realization that, A, 1997 was 20 years ago. Yes. But just... How different things are, and this there's no video of this event. Mm-hmm. There's no video of him doing stand up. Where if this was happening today, everybody you had their cell, cell phones. Phone. Out. Yeah, there'd be some clips at yeah. least. Yeah, and you know how this was called so risque at the time and things like that, and and just thinking back to twenty years ago, it, it seems like in a way, 1997 doesn't seem, at least to me, like twenty years ago. No, me either. <laughs> me either. It's like yesterday, right? Right, but but there it is, and how different it was. So, alas, today though, it's certainly off the the sports path. But if you want to take a fun trip down memory lane, I'll uh, go back there twenty years ago when Norm Macdonald was in town, did some stand up, and then was not allowed to uh, play in the golf tournament the next day. What did he uh, get into? Do you have the a little bestiality? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, got to be careful about that yeah. one. Uh,
1: lot of things so yeah it's uh okay a fun... so, we, so we can't discuss it here nee. on on the show Be- nee. because you and i definitely are pg well okay Or pg 13 yeah, yeah. yeah maybe with a head Every once in a while, you know with i've a noticed Jeffrey. lately you've a only times. dumped me like once this year no it, it's happened
3: like twice in the last two weeks what you've dropped s bombs kind of <laughs> under your breath what are you doing <laughs> What are you doing over there? You're lucky I listen to you because you know if the yes if it was reverse oh yeah oh, because you never listen to me you're always in your iPad no I, I'm listening that whole time I was trying to open this thing up I'm looking for a yeah. little eye contact because oh, you're never I'll we'll give it. you eye contact right right okay all Get right away from that iPad no I but see I knew it was you're uh, di- you're I worse di- than a teenage girl I, with that I, thing. what. You're Don't even go there with me. You are. You can't get your eyes off of it. No. You got your nose in your technology. I you feel like I'm yelling at Ella.
1: <laughs> Look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. The the thing that... See, I like Norm MacDonald. I do, too. I thought he was, I thought he was pretty funny. He was. I thought he was good he at was, update. He, there he, were some people that thought he was awful. Awful. Yeah. I liked
3: him. All right. You're an SNL fan like myself, right? Yeah. Watched it now... Did you watch it from the get-go or did you get in a little bit? Okay. So this is what I want to ask you. We'll have a little Wednesday fun here. I want to see the anchors. Who your favorite anchors? are? Let's see if we can get a list.
1: Okay. So you had, oh, I can tell you who mine is. Okay. Right, right, right now. Right from the top. Yeah. Mine's Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. She was second. She was
3: after Chevy Chase had it initially. Yes. Uh, Charles Rocket had it for a year. Yeah. I don't remember anything. Even no. Now this is obviously before my time, but even like, you know, the the best of and things like that. Nothing there. Uh, Dennis Miller, that was the first of my generation. Okay, growing up, and he was okay at it. I thought he was good. Okay, Kevin Nealon, I loved. I, I really I thought Kevin Nealon
1: his. was good at it. Yes, very I did. dry wit. Yes, it was. Then it
3: went into Norm. Yes, and it was quite the change. For Miller, that was very political. To Neilan, that was, but in a a different, more sarcastic tone. And then you get to McDonald. Norm just didn't care. You know, yeah. it, it was ai right. don't give a crap kind of that's, attitude. That's it. And I understand how that rubbed some people the wrong way. Colin Quinn. After that, he was all right. He was all
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I didn't dis dislike him. Then they went into Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey. Yes, I thought I thought they had. Well, they had chemistry yes. off off the TV as well for a while. But, yeah, I thought they were decent. And, and
3: then Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler,
1: yeah. Good. Yeah. I thought they
3: were good. I don't even remember he, Horatio Sands. Yeah, he did, did it. Did it for a year. Yeah, that was it. I must not have been watching. I was probably at the bar every night. Uh, <laughs> Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers then was good. Then yes. Seth Meyers by himself. Right. Uh, and then into the, so the recent days. And Colin Jost and Michael Shea, the last couple.
1: Those guys are right. good. They're, they're, they are funny. They do a good job. The, the thing that struck me about Jane Curtin uh-huh. is when... She was on with Dan Aykroyd. They did a thing called Point Counterpoint, and it's their—it's a classic line from there. And he would go off on her and just rail her for like a minute with a commentary. Mm-hmm. And then first words out of her mouth when she would get her chance was, Dan, you—no, no, no, I'm sorry, I have it backwards— no, she would go off and rail him, and then when Dan Aykroyd would have his chance, his first words would always be, Jane, you ignorant slut. Yes, yes. <laughs> i one. one. It's one of the greatest lives of all time, and you knew it was coming, and you still laughed, <laughs> because you just waited for him to deadpan after she just killed him for a minute, and he'd look at her and go, Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs>
3: Very good one. I now I was trying to think of it. I don't know. I don't know who I'd rank as my favorite because, like I said, those you are didn't before see, my time. You didn't yeah.
1: see the early ones. I mean, you can go see clips of them. Sure, all the and time. I have like that yeah. one. Yeah, which which is Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> yeah, I
3: don't think it would be Norm. Jimmy Fallon annoyed the crap out of me during that time. Okay, I I really couldn't stand him. As good as Tina Fey was, I thought he was awful. Certainly during that time period. Seth Meyers, uh, no, it's it's either Dennis Miller or Kevin Nealon for me. Okay, and and not one above the other. So a little more difficult for me. Okay, All but right. uh, yeah, I kick out of that story today about a lot.
1: Yes, that is that is funny about that. That that really is. Look, when you can one of the greatest bits ever, and you have to go back and look at it uh, because it took place in the late seventies and it was when John Belushi was still on the on the cast mm-hmm. okay and do you remember the song feeling all right mm. dial it up real quick just type it in and feeling see all right yeah i'm not going to tell you who does it yet yeah feeling all right and and just play it okay and you'll see
0: This judge did It's over his head. Oh, Stamon it. stumbled around first, but it. he'll have a double. You got a double audio
1: there. That's Yep. And yeah, it sounds like something I really do. Okay. That's Joe Cocker. All right. Okay. Joe Cocker. I always giggled at his name growing up. Joe, I can understand that. that. Yeah, just like I giggle when I go to come and go. So, the same thing. <laughs> Same thing. So when you, when Joe Cocker appeared on, now I'm laughing and I can't stop. Feeling all right. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Joe Cocker was a fabulous blues R&B type singer. But he was, how do I describe his performance on camera? It like, he lost control of his body. All right. And he had all kinds. Type in real quick so you see this. Joe Cocker, John Belushi.
3: Okay.
1: Okay, since we got a few minutes here. And, and people that have searched the web, uh, they've seen this video. Because it's one of the iconic videos of all time. And Cocker just kind of, he, when he sings, he loses control of his bodily functions. His arms just flap all over like a bird. His legs go goofy. All right. Yep. And here we go. And you'll see this. All right. And then what John Belushi does, Trent, he comes out in the exact same clothes. There he is right there is Joe Cocker. And he does the facial expressions as well. It's one of the, and Cocker loved it. But it is what... It is one of the classiest impersonations when the guy is standing right there next to you. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, this, it's. I look. I know it's a long time ago. Oh, but, that it is, Jim. But, it, but if you look at it on the web, it's Belushi doing Joe Cocker and Cocker standing right next to him singing.
3: <laughs> We're used to old references
1: from you, though, Jimmy. B. Oh, I know, but still, and that is
3: a okay.
1: That was that was just absolutely. Spectacular! What do we got in the uh, Cubs game? Uh, Cubs up
3: two nothing as they play top of the fifth inning with that one. So uh, a lot going on certainly there. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the afternoon. Coming up tonight, Jimmy B, what do he got in store? What's uh, what's going to grab you, oh, man? NBA draft tomorrow night. Yeah, well, that uh, you know, I'll be dialed into that. Sure, sure. Can I interest you in uh, little Angels Yankees? That do anything for you? When Aaron Judd comes up, it does. Michael Walka on the mound for the Cardinals. Uh-huh. He was born in Iowa. I know, I know. But he's been bad. Brewers Pirates, not yeah. really. Um, How about the Twins against the White Sox
1: tonight? You get to see Barrios. I'll sample it. All right. I'll sample that. But I am gonna watch some of the Mets and Dodgers. hmm Because when and it's like Aaron Judge. When Cody Bellinger comes up, I want to see if he yanks another one out of the yard. He is absolutely ridiculous. And and what's
3: proved to be a pretty tricky good series, Arizona-Colorado. Yeah. Who would have thought that before the year? Exactly. And a decent pitching matchup. Tywan Walker on the mound for the D-backs tonight against Jeff Hoffman, who's been Mm -hmm. really good since he got called up. Yep. uh, ERA 2.25 and whip under one. Uh, for Hoffman, the youngster for the Rockies. They've called a couple of guys up that have been really good mm-hmm. uh, helping solidify that staff. So, so baseball tonight. We'll get ready for the NBA draft tomorrow here on the program. we got Tiki Barber. He'll be stopping by. Ken Silverstein will be right. here. Josh Martin on the NBA. Chris Catillo was supposed to join us today. Mm-hmm. We'll talk baseball with him tomorrow, though. Just heard back from Chris. Okay. And he's ready to go. If you miss any portion of the show, we talk with Pat Hardy today. On the Hawkeyes, Nick Nelson talks of Minnesota sports with us. Mitch Sherman on college baseball and some football. You can find those always at the podcast page over at 1700kbgg.com.
1: All right, everybody, we are done for the day, but we will return tomorrow bright and early at 12 noon. 1700
0: KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
6: See you soon.
4: thousands. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun
1: vanilla flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time
2: only. Participation varies. If there's one thing the pros at Advance Auto know, it's parts. Advance Auto Parts Batteries, this is Dion. How can I help you? Hey, Dion, I need an oil change. Oh, what kind of oil do you need? Uh, conventional. Well, we have a special on five quarts of Valvoline for twenty three ninety nine. Wow, that's a great deal. It runs real clean. It protects against cold starts, heat, and wear. Perfect. Sign up for speed perks, and you can save even more. Okay, we will do. Now at Advance Auto, get five quarts of Valvoline conventional motor oil and a purulator filter for just $23.99. See store for details. Also at participating CarQuest Auto Parts stores.
3: Get to JCPenney for our 4th of July sale. Save up to 40% on major appliances from brands like LG, GE, and Samsung. Plus, get up to a $500 Visa prepaid card when you purchase more appliances. And get 30-month special financing on purchases with your JCPenney credit card. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Available in select stores. Some terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Financing terms balance 621 to 712 on purchases of seven ninety nine or more. Must request a time of purchase. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. Limit one Visa prepaid card by mail as a rebate per address. Except in Rhode Island. C store or gcp.com slash appliances for details. Trust. Quality. Value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs,
5: The Western Edge has a special sweet deal thank you gift for your years of service. Right now, buy a ticket to the Big Country Bash and the Western Edge will give you a second ticket absolutely free. Availability and time for this offer are limited, so you have to hurry. It's a special two-for-one ticket deal courtesy of your friends at the Western Edge. but you have to hurry, log on to 1700kbgg.com now to take advantage of this awesome sweet deal on bash tickets from the Western Edge. The Big Country Bash, Sunday, June 25th at Living History Farms.
2: Can you finish this little ad phrase, snap, crackle? Right. Most people know it's pop for Rice Krispies, but this message isn't about cereal. It's about how your memory works. Why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never